It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. This is A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you, don't hit the panic button now. Welcome in. We are live here on this Monday. Great to be with you guys. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend back in the saddle here on A to Z. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mark Zinner. Of course, follow the entire Locked On Sports Atlanta at Locked On ATL, the entire network here. All the great shows that you can listen to each and every day. Aaron Freeman of Locked On Falcons is going to join us here in the final segment of the show this afternoon and uh look we've got a lot to do uh and i want to start with the braves because there seems to be a sense of dread after the last two games against the st louis cardinals um you know in reality here uh, the braves are exactly kind of where they need to be from a standing standpoint but the last two losses leave a sour taste in folks' mouths. Why? Because Kenley Jansen, who's the closer of the Braves, blew back-to-back, so blew a save and then blew a tie game lead last night. Uh, the Braves did in the eighth. And so, you know, now you have a situation where they've lost back-to-back games that they probably could have and maybe should have won, and they did not. By the way, Kenley Jansen um, blew his first save in two months on Saturday. So let's not start to act like all of a sudden Kenley is going to be a problem. You know, he's not a problem. He had a a blown say, it's going to happen. It happened to Mariano Rivera, for crying out loud. It happens to every closer. You're never going to go through a whole season perfect. There has to be mistakes along the way. So regardless of what you may think of Kenley Jansen, and those folks on the Twitter, you guys are nuts if you ask me. I don't know what you guys are smoking. But the idea that all of a sudden the back end of this bullpen is a problem, I, I think is silly. You know, it was a tie game last night. And, oh, by the way, you know, you got two uncommon starts from Jake Odorizzi and Adam Wainwright. Both guys usually get banged around, and both of them survived through six innings of scoreless baseball. You know, um, it, it was that kind of game, and uh, or five innings scoreless baseball, whatever you want to say. It was that kind of game last night uh, on Sunday Night Baseball. The rain, I'm sure, had a lot to do with it. But still, you know, again, uh, this is not a time right now because they lost two in a row to a team that they probably should beat on a routine basis that you hit a panic button about anything with this team right now. They are in very good position. They're three games behind the Mets. Oh, by the way, lost the game to the Rockies for crying out loud. 
Max Scherzer pissed a gem, only gave up one run. The Mets didn't score any. Guys, that's just baseball. Like, I, I hate to be so cliche about it, but that's what it is. And you do it 162 times, it's really hard to figure out how every single one of those uh, iterations is going to go. But more often than not, there is a percentage that allows you to play to your strengths. So I don't get too wrapped up in what I saw over the weekend. Uh, again, the Braves welcome the Rockies tomorrow. The Mets start a series with the Dodgers tomorrow. So, you know, this is a, a spot here where the Braves can make up a game or two. If they can sweep the Rockies, which they should, uh, and, and that, you know, for me, may be a little bit more reason to get upset. But if they can sweep the Rockies, which they should, and maybe the Dodgers take two out of three, bam, you're a game out of first. I'm not sure what people are are looking at. Um, you know, Dodgers have a game tonight uh, against Miami, um, finishing up their wraparound weekend series. But nonetheless, um, this is a spot for the Braves that is very good. And this is the best spot they have to really either tie for first place if the Dodgers can sweep the Mets or um, they can at least put themselves within one game, which makes it very easy for them to overtake the Mets before they get to the series at Truist Park the very last weekend of September. And the calendar's about to turn here. we got about 30 days left in baseball, folks. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's time for uh, the, the big boys to show up and start playing. So I don't have any concerns about the bullpen. I don't have any concerns about you know, a lot of things with this team. There is one major concern I have, and I'll tell you that in a second here. But first, a word our friends at betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds and games. Guys, football is back. We had a great week zero in college football. If you follow me on Twitter, you know where I was uh, on all the sides and totals. Find reviews and news of every league, Major League Baseball, you get college, you get NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. And what the hell happened? At Eastlake yesterday it was pretty freaking amazing for Roy McElroy. Anyway, Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. Live in game betting scores and podcasts, they've got you covered on all of it. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right. You want to talk about concerns? This is a concern that I have for the Braves. And the headline reads very simply. Ronald Acuna says he has I mean, pretty intense knee pain the last couple of days. And that was the headline in the AJC in a column by Justin Toscano. Yeah, that's bothersome. That is troublesome. This team needs Acuna. And you may turn around and say, well, you know, he hasn't really been playing all that well this year. By his standards, you're right. He hasn't been playing that well. Well, Zeno, they won a World Series done last year. Right, they did. Are you going to sit here and try to argue with me that the team is better without him? Because they're not. Period. Because in his back pocket, he's always got a great catch. He's always got a big hit. He's always got an emotional energy play that gets the team going. You just need him. And you need him healthy. Which is why they sat him out on Sunday. Or Saturday, rather. They sat him out on Sunday. They have an off day today, so he's getting three days rest. And the fact that this knee pain is still bothering him is really one of those things that hurt, bothers me more in the big picture than it does in the short picture. For a guy you signed to a 10-year deal, uh, you know, the idea of pushing him through this knee pain that could lead to something this offseason, possibly another surgery, um, derails the long-term future of this player 
or could do it. And you're in a real catch-22 because you're trying to win another World Series. And the, the attitude and the logic shouldn't be, well, we won one last year, so let's just, you know, we'll sit them down. No. You win as many damn World Series as you can, as often as you can, every single year. Forget about last year. Last year means nothing. Play this one like you haven't won a World Series in 26 years. That's the way you should approach this thing. And you need Acuna to do it. But what is the price you're going to pay for doing that? Is it going to cost you something down the road with Acuna and possibly put him under the knife again this offseason? There's no way to know. There's literally no way to know. And that's the, the, the challenging part of all this. I mean, to, to me, for all the, the effort you put into pitchers and everything else and all the effort you put into making sure that those guys are protected, it's one of the biggest stars in the game and the best player on your roster. Protect him. Forget about guys like Spencer Strider. Who, oh, by the way, can we do this right now? We can do this. Buster only tweeted this out over the weekend. This is complete insanity, these numbers. Spencer Strider in 2022 faced 430 batters. This includes as a reliever and a starter. He's got 158 strikeouts. That's 37%. Guys, do you know how insane it is to strike out 37% of your batters? That's ludicrous. Like, it's not even real. He gave up just 72 hits, 38 walks, allowed only six home runs and 430 batters, a 2.87 ERA and adjusted ERA plus of 146, which is, again, insane. How are you not starting this guy in the playoffs? How, 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 how? Like game two of a series. How is he not your game two star? It's nuts to me. Absolutely nuts. Those numbers are eye-popping, insane, off-the-charts numbers that absolutely should wow you, period. All right, speaking of wows, um, we have uh, Eastlake to get to, um, just a reaction there as well. Uh, we have to end out shovels with him now because Aaron Freeman is going to join us uh, in the final segment of the show. And uh, some notes about the Falcons as we head into cut down day. That's coming up next right here on A to Z on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Welcome back to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast search Locked On Sports Atlanta. All the shows on this network, some of the best in the biz. Of course, this is A to Z, hitting hard with John Chuckery, ATL Day Ones, Jarvis Davis, and Tanisha Batiste. Locked on Hawks, Locked on Falcons, and our Braves postcast after every Braves home game. All right, uh, a little bit early here today in the show, but time now for a shovel of wisdom. Brace yourselves, because it's time for the shovel of wisdom. Ah, you know how we do it every day. We have to hit somebody right upside the head, set them straight for doing or saying something stupid. You can do so on my Twitter account, at Mark Zeno. Use the hashtag Shovel of Wisdom. And today my shovel goes to parents at my twins' seventh birthday party over the weekend. Okay. And I say parents because I don't exactly know who gave this gift to my children. But my twins turned seven over the weekend. Had a big party at the house. It was nice. It was a lot of fun. And everybody was there. And it certainly uh, was uh, a, a great day for the kids. And so that's really, you know, all that matters. But... They got a variety of gifts from everybody there. And boy, have gifts changed over the years uh, for kids. You know, I remember when I was a kid, like getting baseball cards were cool. Uh, you know, board games were fun. Maybe like a bike or something. Um, even a video game, you know, as they were first coming up. You know, first, you know, when you got like Sega and everything else like that. Sega. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, things are different now. Um, some parents decided to give my kids a game called Duty Head. 
And Duty Head comes with two sort of stretchable, like, you know, fabric helmets that you wear over your head. You pull like a hat and it goes around your whole head, almost like one of those bald, you know, wigs that would cover your head. And it's got Velcro on it all over the place. And you and the other person put these, obviously the two kids, put these little hats on your head. And then they have little brown circular shaped cone-like things of duty like the like the, the emoji that you use on your phone or on, on any you know site that has emojis and then you're supposed to throw the duty at the other person and try to get to them to catch it on their head on the velcro how is this a game how in the, who in the world thought this Two seven-year-olds loved it. They thought it was hysterical. I, I'm just sitting here going, okay, I get it. It kind of makes me chuckle. But uh, who marketed this? Who said, yes, this is a great idea. Kids will buy this. And then what parents went out and did it and bought it for somebody? Duty head. You gotta be kidding me. Duty head. How is that even a game? It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. Duty head. And of course, my kids love it. And they're leaving their little cone-like fabric poops all over the house. Duty hit. Shame on you, parents. Be better. Ridiculous. All right. What was also ridiculous yesterday, we got to give quick hats off to uh, Roy McElroy for what was an insane comeback yesterday at the Tour Championship. Gave you all the drama that East Lake should have uh, in the final round. Scotty Scheffler, a six-stroke lead heading into Sunday of the tournament. Roy McElroy charges back. And, boy, Scotty Scheffler, we're, we're going to give all the credit to Rory. Recovering this thing, but what a choke job, man. Five bogeys and just one birdie, four under. I mean, Rory played great. He shot a 60, 63 on Saturday and I think another 64 on Sunday. So uh, he did exactly what he was supposed to do, and that's how you overtake a leader. Uh, and a lot of credit to him. But still, you know, this is a uh, – that's one of the bigger choke jobs I've seen in quite some time. Um, it, it was a lot of uh, missed opportunities for Scheffler and, and mistakes, and Rory took advantage of every single one of them. You know, you can take advantage of a great deal that Locked On Sports Atlanta has with Coffee AM. Why? Because they're the best small batch coffee roaster in America, and they're right here in Georgia. The absolute freshest coffees you can get. Guys, you know, this morning I had one from Costa Rica. I had some coffee from Costa Rica because Coffee AM gets flavored blends and coffees from all over the world. They are fresh because they roast them and ship them on the same day or close to it. And they taste just amazing. And you're talking about organic, fair trade, direct trade, right to the consumer. I mean, this stuff is so good. Once you taste it, your life's going to change forever when it comes to coffee. And they have a wide menu of coffees, teas, and gift sets that you have to check out. You can do so on their website, CoffeeAM dot com and use backslash locked on to check out the full menu again coffeeam.com backslash locked on the full menu of coffees teas and gift sets is there make sure you use the coupon code locked on at checkout to get 15 percent off your first order of coffees teas and gift sets at coffee am the best small batch coffee roaster in america
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, uh, let's get to the Atlanta Falcons here. They finished up their third preseason game over the weekend. As I've told you repeatedly, I don't care. I watched about seven seconds of the game. All I make sure is that nobody got hurt. Uh, And in retrospect, you know, there is a a, a good thing that nobody did get hurt. You know, Drake London has the knee thing. I think he's going to be fine. He's going to end up playing in week one. Uh, I am curious more than anything, as we wait now 10 days or 11 days, whatever it is, until we get real football, you know, Arthur Smith had said that the reason for these joint practices was because he wanted to be better prepared for the open. Last year, they didn't practice this this hard. They didn't have joint practices, and they got smoked by the Eagles. Eagles, and we won week one, as I learned to speak, and it showed. The point of those joint practices, Arthur Smith said, was to get them more ready. You know, to have them going against in as much of a controlled environment to prevent injury as possible, but get them in a position where they were more ready for week one. I hope that's the case. Because again, I don't have expectations for wins from this team. I have expectations for competitiveness. I want them to be competitive. I want them to be a great spread team, okay? I'll be selfish about it. Like cover every number, because they're gonna be a dog all the time. Just keep covering numbers. Why? Because good coaches win and great coaches cover. But aside from that, this is a team that can be competitive. They have. A very small room for error. They can't make a ton of mistakes because they're not that talented. But that said, they are really well coached. And I have a ton of faith in Arthur Smith. I I don't know if he's 100% the right guy, but he doesn't feel like the wrong guy. You know, you can feel like the guy's just missing it right off the bat. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not the case here. And I think this team will be more competitive than people are going to give it credit for. Now, how many wins does that translate into? I don't know. And I honestly don't care. Because most importantly, this isn't about wins for this team this year. It's not about them making the playoffs. It's about a building block process and where they are. And whatever they decide to do at quarterback, whether it's Marcus Mariota or Desmond Ritter, I don't know that it really matters. I I really genuinely don't. I still think Ritter is going to play, you know, a handful of games, four or five games at some point this year, one way or another, where there's injury or otherwise. Just a question of when it happens, not if it happens. But at some point in time, they're going to put him in the game for a couple of games this year to see how he reacts, you know, and and they want to put another building block down in the foundation of rebuilding this whole thing. But I think the one thing Falcons fans can hang their hats on is that they have a coach who is never not going to be prepared anymore. Learn that lesson the hard way, knows exactly what he needs to do. And again, you know, it's, it's sort of like genetics and DNA. You don't come from the founder of FedEx without having a very well-laid plan. He's not going to get caught off guard often. Got caught off guard once, first-year head coach, happens to the best of them. But it won't happen again. That's the difference between guys who hang around in this league and the ones who don't. The ones who learn from mistakes and the ones who don't. And that's what you have in Arthur Smith. That's what I truly believe you have in Arthur Smith. And, And this is a good foundational piece in the head coach to help rebuild this thing going forward. More positive than most people about where this team is headed. All right, we'll talk to Aaron Freeman 
of Locked On Falcons coming up next. And the one player who's going to make the roster but probably shouldn't. That's coming up right here on A to Z on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Welcome back into A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you guys check out all the shows across this network, including the one hosted by our next guest, Locked On Falcons. You can hear it right here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Aaron Freeman joins us here on A to Z. Aaron, uh, good morning. Welcome. Great to be with you as always. Uh, Let's get to... The business of preseason game number three being in the books and tomorrow being cut down day, they'll have to get down to 80 guys. I'm sorry, rather 53 guys from 80 on the roster. Before we get to cuts, let's go back. I am not a guy who ever says, oh, what did you see in preseason game number three that impressed you? You know what I saw? Nobody got hurt. That's all I really care about. But that said, uh, if there was any takeaways for you from preseason game number three, what are they? I I thought the D-line did it better uh and showed out some of the depth guys stepped up you wanted to see that because that was probably the area of the falcons roster that was thinnest uh headed into the season so uh that gives them at least some options uh in terms of keeping some players there instead of having to rely on the waiver wire which I think myself and and others expect them to sort of uh, approach there on the defensive line. You like seeing the running game be effective, uh, even if it was with the third string offensive line. Uh, You know, that gives them, I guess, the boost for the development of some of those players. Uh, And and you like seeing Desmond Ritter, you know, deal with some adversity and, and bounce back. Right, because uh, if he does, he means throw a pick up, on his very first pass attempt, and then you know play better afterwards. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. if if he does play this year, he's going to deal with some adversity, and he's going to have yeah. to bounce back. So, uh, getting that kind of lesson in this third preseason game, I think, will be beneficial uh, to him in the future. All right, let's get back to defense for a second, because what's interesting to me, and I brought this up earlier on a training camp, and it never really came up by anybody else that I really saw. Uh, asking this question, and it persisted throughout the rest of training camp now that the preseason is done. But second-round draft pick Arnold McKady, second-round draft pick Troy Anderson, and what was it, fourth or fifth-round draft pick D'Angelo Malone, they're like nowhere to be seen on defense. Now, not so much D'Angelo Malone, because I get he was drafted a little bit later, so he might not get But the two second-round picks are supposed to be starters. They're supposed to be able to start fairly soon, and it looks like they have no shot of doing so. At this point in time, like you haven't heard them talked about all training camp long or any preseason games like, oh, Katie had a great game. It's just been kind of silent. Is that a concern? Uh, It can be. Uh, You know, I think with Anderson, you kind of expected it. He was a raw sort of developmental player, given that he played quarterback and running back and only moved to linebacker uh, late in his career at Montana State, coming from that small school, dealt with some injuries. If he was such a developmental player, what did he get taken in the second round for? Like, you don't well, draft you know, his, players uh, in the second position round. Coach, uh, at Montana State is the Falcons running backs coach. So, oh, uh, well, there you go. Okay, so that's it. That's what we should do. That's great. Nepotism. Love it. All right, anyway, go back to what you were saying. I, I apologize. <laughs> I mean, uh, that was the one draft pick that a lot of people questioned, right? Because there was a lot of more proven linebackers on the board at that point. Uh, uh, <laughs> Kobe Dean. <laughs> no yeah. yeah, the Falcons took a swing on upside uh, in, in terms of Troy Anderson, and we'll see if 
that pays off for them. That's yeah, not going to be a pick. I, I don't know be. if Nicobe Dean is going to be a better linebacker than Troy Anderson at this point. He was a better college linebacker than Troy Anderson. That's for darn sure. And I only cough like that in a joke. I do it sarcastically because, you know, every Falcons fan wanted Nicobe Dean here. But the point simply being is those are the kind of picks that stick with people. Those are the parade Jerry's, right? Those are the Peter Conses of the Thomas Dimitrov era that nobody ever lets go. Uh, and if you swing and miss on this guy, no one's ever going to let Troy Anderson out of their memory as wasting a second round pick on somebody else when boom, all these other guys were there who ended up being pro bowlers and all pros and everything else. Like, you know, I, I don't know to me with hindsight being 2020 and Anderson, not, or at least being a developmental project at this point and not being able to impact this team right now, maybe you could argue that, look, it doesn't matter. This year is not going to matter anyway. They're not going to make the playoffs. So let him develop and figure it out. Let's see what he is next year. I guess that's fair. But when you have holes, you don't fill them with developmental players. You fill them with players. So I, I think that's fair. I, I I would agree with you on that. Um, I, you you saw some positives from Troy Anderson in that third preseason game. If you again, Mark, I know you you're not necessarily big on too many takeaways from the preseason, nah. but it, there was something there. Arnold Ebiketti sure. made a couple of plays, got a couple of pressures. It's always better to play well than to play like crap. So yeah. from that standpoint, I'd rather note that you're playing. If you're playing like crap in the preseason, it's a doubly bad side because you're not you're playing against nobody's and you're still stinking up. You know, so I, I, I think they're going to contribute. The question is just going to be how much they're going to contribute right away. You know, as you say, I, I don't have high expectations that this team was going to be great this year. So I think those rookies are going to probably take their lumps this year. If you see flashes, you'll take that as a plus for the Falcons, uh, given, you know, they're, they're a couple of years away. So I, I think at this point in time, if you can see some flashes, this year from some of those young players, uh, then you can start, you know, convincing yourself that they'll put it all together in year two and, and make a big jump uh, in 2023. All right, stay with the defense here for one more. Uh, and I talked about this yesterday when I was on 92.9. I've said it for the last week. Uh, with cutdowns coming on Tuesday, uh, this individual is surely going to get a roster spot, but I'm not exactly 100% sure why Deion Jones is even getting a roster spot. We all know how this ends like if you had to put a percentage on it that Deion jones is on this roster after week 17 uh and that doesn't include you know injury and ir right i mean if he's an injury and in ir it's solved the problem solves itself you have to pay him anyway i'm sure you could cut him and do an injury settlement but you know one way or another the, the, the same result is there so prior to you know barring an injury being on ir do you really believe Deion jones is going to be on this roster at the end of this year because i don't i mean we know how this ends. What is the reason to keep this charade going on? The coaches don't talk about him like they want him here. They don't talk about him like he can make an impact. They just talk about him as a body and, quote, hope he's not a distraction, which means he already is a distraction. So why are they not cutting bait on this? It's a bad investment. Acknowledge it. Cut bait and get the hell out. I, I agree with you, Mark, and you know if we agree on something, then it is the correct. <laughs> then universally, uh, it is true. <laughs> yeah, it is the correct opinion. I, I, I'm with you. I, I think the, they're holding out hope that they get a, a draft pick in a trade at some point. I don't think you're going to get much of anything at this point. They've been quietly shopping him for a year and a half. They haven't gotten anything. So basically – The logic here just falls flat. I'm sorry again to cut you off. But it did. let me get this straight. I have a guy that I've ostracized, that I've admitted doesn't fit in my scheme, that I don't want to play in my scheme, but
but I'm going to put him out there in the hopes that all of a sudden he plays well, well enough for me to trade him and warrant some value and compensation. What? Really? Is that what you're doing? Like, keep driving your beat-up Chevelle around and hope somebody notices it and goes, oh, look, it made it to the end of the block. Here's five grand for this thing. No, it's not going to happen. I agree. I agree. I just think you, you kind of got to move on. And those opportunities, we're, we're talking about Troy Anderson, like, those opportunities that you're going to give Deion Jones coming off the bench or on special teams, I, I guess, you know, give those to a young player that you're hoping to develop rather than a veteran that you're on the verge of moving on from at some point, whether it's, you know, in the next couple of days via trade, uh, in the next couple of months before the trade deadline via trade or at the end of the season. We, as you said, we, we kind of know how the story ends. The Falcons again are rebuilding. They have some young players that, you know, does, I deserve maybe not the right word, but uh, should get these opportunities uh, for the future. And, you know, I, I think just move on from Deion Jones uh, and that's it. There's there's not much else to say. Yeah, we know how this ends. I don't know what the what the hesitation is. All right. Uh, offensively, uh, Marcus Mariota. And I'll say this one thing that stood out to me in the preseason game two, the first throw he made to Kyle Pitts. Everyone clapped. Everyone applauded. It looked great. Look at Kyle Pitts. I didn't. I'm a little bit more critical. Um, that should have been a touchdown. And here's the big picture. Ball was critically underthrown, almost painfully underthrown, that almost could have been picked by any salvageable corner in this league. That's how bad it was underthrown. Um, when, when Kyle Pitts has five-yard separation, like, you know, high school-level separation here. And the problem is with that is it's still a completion, it's still 54 yards, it's still a first down, and it makes a highlight reel, and it's all great, right? Social media loves it. Wonderful. But that said... What happened on the rest of that drive is probably a microcosm for what we'll see if that happens during the regular season. They settled for three. Guess what? When you are a team that has inferior talent and you are a lesser team than the opponents you are playing, that being three instead of seven costs you a game. Last year, they won all seven games by one score. There will be regression because of things like that. You cannot leave those four points on the board because I guarantee you, for as much as we rag on Matt Ryan for his arm, Matt Ryan makes that a touchdown. And that's the difference. And that's going to hurt them this year. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought that game two, Mariota's best throw was the touchdown throw he, do, he threw to Alameda Zacchaeus. But I, I certainly think you can nitpick a lot of the other throws. Now, again, it's preseason. You want to, you yeah. know, how much stock we're going to put in guys making throws uh, in the preseason. But it'll be interesting to see how this team does because I think. With Mariota as a starter, what you're betting on and what you're hoping for is those explosive plays in the offense that yeah. can lead to a high degree of success. Because I don't know if you're going to have the same level of efficiency. Like you're with Matt Ryan, you're going to have probably a lower floor than you would with Ryan under Mariota, but hopefully you have a little bit of a higher ceiling. Uh, from those big plays down the field because of Mariota's ability to, to get outside the pocket and extend plays and yeah. use his legs and all those various things. So it, it's not great to see him not necessarily hit on those throws, but obviously if he can do them in September as opposed to August, no one's going to care that he missed them in August. The bigger picture is about mistakes and how this team can't afford to make them because it will kill them. And that includes offsides penalties, holding penalties in the offensive line, and sacks. Those are the things they have to minimize. And the numbers bear it out. The amount of the, the touchdown percentage on drives with a penalty versus without is dramatic. And it's even more dramatic on a sack. The touchdown percentage that you get when you don't give up a sack versus when you do is night and day. And 
that's the only thing I'm focusing on from an offensive standpoint. I get it. They're not as talented as other teams. And I get it. The one or two playmakers they have can't get the ball every single play. That's not realistic, but they cannot allow, they cannot beat themselves. They have a very small margin for error this year because they're less talented than most teams. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and, uh, we'll, we'll see if they can overcome it, but, uh, you know, hope springs eternal at this time of the year. <laughs> that it does. Aaron Freeman, Locked On Falcons. Make sure you guys check it out right here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Brother, always great to talk to you. Enjoy the rest of your day. and Let's get ready for some regular football coming up real soon. All right, that'll do it for us here today on A to Z. You guys have a wonderful Monday. Back tomorrow. Don't take a crap from anybody. See you. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.